This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about one of those kind of basic things that every single business absolutely needs to be doing, and the problem is most of us aren't. And I'm notice that I said us because I know that I don't have it right. Um, and so I'm looking forward really to learning a lot today. And so please join me in welcoming Kellen Kautzman to our program today. Welcome, Kellen. Thank you for having me, Deb. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you before we jump into this. So Kellen owns Send It Rising Internet Marketing and manages a team of over 20 internet marketing professionals. His book, Everybody's Doing It, Advertising Redefined by SEO expert Kellen Kautzman, was the number one new release on Amazon.com in the SEO category. He was the keynote speaker at Planet Hollywood on the Las Vegas Strip and has spoken at Roseman University and the Lance Tamashiro podcast. Kellen holds a master's degree in education and taught for five years before transitioning into his career as an internet marketer. So again, Kellen, welcome. Deb, pleasure to be here. You know, this is going to be I, I so much fun, but more importantly, very educational. So let's, but you know, let's start at the basics because I find that is one of the biggest problems. We all assume we know, we all don't care, we we don't want to admit we don't know, you know, all of those various things. So let's just start with what is SEO? Sure. So SEO for me was an experiment. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, I have a master's degree in education from the mm-hmm. University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. And I was teaching at the St. Paul Conservatory for performing artists um, in what can only be described as Hogwarts. <laughs> I love it. Basically, just this gorgeous castle-like mm-hmm. structure in downtown St. Paul. And it was the first time I had ever taught high school. And I would walk into this building every day and just be just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It was a um, an incredible school. Um, performing artists, bright, smart kids. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, when I would leave that particular job, um, grab my paycheck and look at my mortgage and student loans, I would think to myself, this uh, is problematic. Right. So this was at the dawn of SEO Mm -hmm. where titles and meta descriptions were referred to as SEO title and SEO description. Mm -hmm. And these are basically, for those that aren't familiar with them, the blue link and black text that appear in Google search results that we write. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as a teacher, I wrote about what I knew about, which Mm -hmm. was lesson plans. Mm -hmm. Uh, At SPCPA, the St. Paul Conservatory for Performing Artists, I was a Spanish teacher, but I had a dual master's in Spanish and ESL instruction, English Mm -hmm. as a second language. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a number of articles uh, that were lesson plans for teachers. I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a decent amount of folks out there looking for just a quick lesson plan mm-hmm. that someone else has already done it. Right. So I had intended to get a million views online um, 
from these articles, and it was a way to earn passive income, mm -hmm. which you'll realize is a thread um, in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's constant uh, attempt to earn passive income. And uh, every thousand views paid approximately two dollars oh. and so i would make about i'd get about a thousand views on average per article per month mm -hmm. so easy math tells you that one article was two dollars per month mm -hmm. and so if i wrote uh 10 articles that's 20 bucks 100 articles uh 2000 mm -hmm. so i figured 1500 articles would get me to passive uh, income that would kind of sustain me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did that. I wrote a tremendous amount of uh, content and uh, got, I achieved my goal. I mean, it was probably eight, nine years ago of the, mm -hmm. the million views and ended up moving down to Las Vegas um, and uh, pursuing a career at a company called Advise mm -hmm. Media Group. Mm -hmm. uh, now, get this. I was making a whopping $9 an hour when I started. Oh, and living in Vegas. Ooh. Just, just, yeah, just really... Really living it up, Deb. Uh, it was right. Just a lot of limousines, champagne, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And uh, but I looked around at the other folks that were working at Advise, and I thought, man, I like I really love this, and I'm just going to grind. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I did is I would do an eight-hour shift at Advise, uh, and then drive down to this uh, school called Uceda, where mm -hmm. I taught. Basically, abuelitos, uh, mm. Spanish grandparents, or oh, Mexican okay. Spanish-speaking mm -hmm. grandparents, how to speak uh, English. Oh, I uh, love that it. Was super fun. But mm -hmm. yeah, I was pulling, you know, double shifts, doing that kind of entrepreneurial thing that you've mm -hmm. heard this story before. Um, taking a nap in my car, and um, you know, flash forward eight years, and and I'm running the show. You know, mm -hmm. I've got my own digital marketing agency. We're doing very well. Um, but it all started with. Um, Basically, content creation, which ironically is still exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about SEO um, in 2018, uh, it's still content creation, mm -hmm. um, blogging for sure. Uh, but we could talk at length about how video has infiltrated the space mm -hmm. um, and how when we speak uh, rank brain, which was an artificial intelligence algorithm that Google developed in 2015, mm -hmm. Um, understands exactly what I'm saying right now. Wow. I mean, you can imagine the words streaming past me as I say them. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we know that it understands us because when we upload a video on YouTube, which is a company that's owned by Alphabet, Alphabet, mm -hmm. the uh, corporation that owns both Google and YouTube, mm -hmm. once you upload a YouTube video, you'll see that there's a little closed captions option. And mm -hmm. if you click on it, it takes about two to three minutes for it to process. But mm -hmm. there are the words you just said. Right. Staring right back at you. You know, and it's not 100% right, but it's really, no. really close. I'd give it like, when I say the words send it rising, which mm -hmm. is the name of my company, mm -hmm. uh, it thinks I'm saying tenderizing. <laughs> so it's always good to double check those things. Yeah, I want to double check, you know. Um, but yeah, so so uh, so SEO has changed, obviously, but uh, the, the fundamentals of it remain the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then the other little factor that's in there that I, of course, like is that podcasting audio is um, rising also just as much as, as video. Now, we do like video better because we like to see things, but you can't be watching a video when you're in your car or jogging or, you know, doing whatever. And so audio is getting more and more um, popular in, in a lot of places. Oh, there's no question about that. Um, you know, podcasts for many of my younger friends have completely replaced the radio. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's a phenomenal uh, tool. And I would be absolutely shocked if Google wasn't also, um, you know, uh, unleashing their artificial intelligence to understand exactly what's being said. And so I think one of the key SEO takeaways is that, you know, take, for example, this podcast, adding the audio, which is understood by Google, to a page and then creating additional written content and SEOing the meta title and description to reflect the general overarching theme of the podcast mm-hmm. would be a great way for an individual page to rank. So if we were to hypothetically focus on SEO for this particular conversation, every time I say SEO, like in this SEO mm-hmm. statement, SEO, right. SEO, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's counting, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and so, yeah, I think a lot of folks, and especially large brands, are starting to play in this space more um, because, man, it is cluttered mm-hmm. out there. Everyone, their mom and their grandma, is trying to rank. Right. Well, and you can use content in multiple ways, which then increases it even more. You know, you take your audio, your video, you transcribe it, you turn mm-hmm. it into blog posts, you turn it into social media posts, all these various things. So one initial piece of content can spawn, you know, tons and tons of additional content. Yeah, that's right. And so it really breaks down to how do we know what's effective and mm-hmm. what's moving the needle given so many um, potential factors involved in the equation. Right. Um, and so it's it's important to, uh, at least in my opinion, continue to focus on um, Google Search Console from an SEO perspective, um, also known as Google Webmaster Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't installed this, listeners, um, you definitely should. It's free. If you have Google Analytics installed, which many folks do, mm-hmm. um, you can simply go uh, type in Google Search Console, and when you go to add it, it will give you an option to click on Google Analytics, mm-hmm. and you can click Submit that way and just automatically syncs it. Great. I love um, it. It's worth looking at this because on the left-hand side, once you're logged into Google Search Console, which, again, is free, mm-hmm. um, it will tell you um, the following. Uh, the number of indexed pages that your site has on mm-hmm. Google, uh, that's important because if you're blogging, you want to make sure that all of those pages are being counted so that you're casting a wider net uh, mm-hmm. for potential keywords that you can rank for. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, and most importantly, um, are the links that Google considers relevant. Um, Dev and I were chatting a little bit prior to the show going live um, about LinkedIn. LinkedIn shows up, whereas Facebook and Twitter do not. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I 100% believe Google when they say they don't index Facebook and Twitter. I think that's bogus. I think they do. But in the back end of Google Search Console, they're not measuring it. Mm -hmm. But they are measuring LinkedIn and they are measuring Pinterest, um, which I want to mm. chat briefly. Um, if you are, let's say, an attorney, uh, and I mentioned Pinterest to you, and you roll your eyes because mm-hmm. you're you, thinking crafts and recipes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You're not thinking backlinks. Mm-hmm. So what's amazing about Pinterest is that an image that once it's clicked on returns to the website mm-hmm. is a backlink. Hmm. And Google's artificial intelligence image recognition is out of control hmm. at this. It hmm. knows if it's if you're looking at a pug or a German shepherd mm-hmm. or a, a Dalmatian, like it, it knows what it's looking at. And so if you take unique pictures that link back to your website, it doesn't matter what your industry is. 
if those images get repinned, you duplicate the link. Mm. And so um, what we found for a lot of our clients in the back end of Google Search Console is that the number one um, source for their links is Pinterest hmm. by factors of 10 or 100 or 1,000. So wow. it'll be 10,422 backlinks from Pinterest, and next will be LinkedIn with 32, mm-hmm. and then YouTube with 20, and then 19, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I guess that means I've, I've really got to go in and update Pinterest because I've been really bad about that. Um, you know, and one of the things that, that I noticed you said in there was original images. And, you know, of course, from a marketing perspective, I always tell people you don't just <clears throat> borrow an image that you find That's on the Internet. Uh, unless, I mean, you know, there are free sources of images, but it's not, oh, I like that picture, so I'm going to save it to my hard drive. No, no, there are these things called copyright and, and all of those things. But if you're using the same image, even if you got it the legal proper way that many other people are using, my guess is Google goes, eh, not so much. That is 100% accurate. So it's going to be challenging for us as individual um, free-willed conscious humans to attempt to see the world through a global artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tricky, right. um, but that's the world we find ourselves mm-hmm. in. And so we have to start thinking at scale. What, How would a mega mind judge our website okay it would absolutely look at uniqueness Mm -hmm. so are the images stolen Mm -hmm. it probably knows that um how many times have they been used in how many different ways Mm -hmm. um it's taking a look at how the humans interact with it because it's been tasked with the job of judging billions of pages Mm -hmm. And so, say, for example, um, a visitor goes to a website. It's got unique imagery. There's a video on it. The video is 30 minutes long. It contains, you know, 50,000 words, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Those words all focus around, let's call it Internet marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the stickiness of the page, meaning uh, the bounce rate, right. is really low. So mm-hmm. let's say only 15% of people who go on the page don't click on something else. Um the time on site for that particular page is rather high because uh, the video is clicked on often and it's mm-hmm. good enough that, you know, folks will watch it for, say, four to five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the time on site is maybe three minutes, that sort of thing. All of those factors are simultaneously judged against every single other relevant website in that space. Mm-hmm. And so the old I suppose you could call it strategy of thinking about what a human would want, what would a potential client want, mm-hmm. what is a good website is still absolutely 100% relevant. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So the easiest way to conceptualize this incredibly convoluted and complicated uh, problem we're trying to solve is uh, focusing entirely on quality and the potential customer. Right. You know, and I always tell people, you can't just put up your website and then forget it. You know, and, and, and that's what so many businesses do, especially small business owners, because they're, they're, we're busy. You know, we've got other things that we're supposed to be doing. But of course, you know, you do that. And before too long, Google, and I love how it's become a noun, a verb, you know, all those various things. And, and, you know, other search engines do this too, but hello, we're just going to say Google. Um, 
you know, Google looks at that and goes, well, it's not relevant anymore because nothing has changed. Nothing is new. Mm-hmm. How often do you recommend to your clients that they do something different on their website? I, I am a gigantic hypocrite when it comes to this. <laughs> See, we're like the cobbler's kids, right? You know, we don't do our own, we don't take our own advice. It's so bad. You know, there there is so when it comes to content freshness, the easiest, most mechanical way to to do this well is to implement weekly or better blogs. Okay. Um the freshness of additional content solves a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have infinite budget, um, that's where we step in at Send It Rising is we take care of that obnoxious, uh, painful process, which is topic development, writing the content, coming up with an image, customizing images, getting it off the site, creating a content calendar and schedule to get it out. Once it's up, sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn. That process in and of itself, I would say, accounts for approximately, I don't know, 70 percent. It's pretty good Mm -hmm. if you're looking for, um, I guess you'd call it uh, a system Mm -hmm. that it's like the 80-20 rule, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, of knocking out the, the 80%, um, that's, that's going to have the biggest impact. So obviously when we're talking about an idyllic, perfect heavenly scenario, <laughs> then yes, we're going into the homepage and, and we're tweaking and playing and, and that sort of thing. Um, some of the uh, strategies I've seen implemented in the past are the inclusion of widgets that pull in via iframe either a Twitter feed or Facebook feed. Right. I was going to ask that. Does that count as new content? Well, I mean, the mega mind rank brain, uh, definitely sees it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the question of course is what percentage effect does this have as, as the overall, right? right? Does it recognize that you're kind of cheating? You know, in a way I would assume it would, but at the same time, there it is. There's the information, you know? So how many of your competitors are doing it? Is it detracting from your homepage? Is it increasing the time on site? Is it increasing the click through rate onto another page? Is the bounce rate decreasing because of this? Um, are you just spamming on your social media platforms and, and everyone's just rolling their eyes and bouncing? Or are you offering legitimate, uh, clickable, great information that people are interested in, in pursuing? Um, it's complicated. Right. Well, and you just mentioned something that's very important is what is that content that you're doing? Mm-hmm. I went to a, a business page once, you know, not real long ago, and they had their Twitter feed coming in. And the, the person clearly used Twitter for their personal use. And, and it was very different than their business. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, it was like two totally separate entities. And so to me, that was very confusing. Um, now, luckily, they didn't post anything like bad language or, you know, anything that you could really find offensive. But, you know, you looked at it, you went, well, this doesn't make sense. And so then, of course, my my little, you know, you we've been talking about the mega brains, you know, my my little brain goes, oh, that doesn't make sense. And so then somehow the connotation is nothing else on the site's going to make sense either. It's mm-hmm. kind of that little subliminal, well, if they can't get that right, you know, then, then what's going on? So if you're going to pull that content in, folks, make sure that it is relevant. Oh, that's absolutely true. And, and I find, you know, it's interesting. I had a colleague of mine 
who, granted, she was a social media professional, but she would absolutely judge a brand based on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. The first stop, she'd swing by their Facebook, take a look at what they're doing. Yep. And it's it's hard not to just be narcissistic and self-promote and, mm-hmm. and do this whole song and dance. Like I get it. And right. I think a lot of why people are becoming disillusioned with Facebook is that everyone's selling something. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, well, this isn't why I want to use Facebook. But we're, we're as long as we live in a capitalistic environment, people are going to have to promote their right. stuff. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it I'm reminded of... Um, the, the root of the word advertise in Latin is advertere, mm-hmm. and it means to turn toward. Mm-hmm. And so advertising is simply um, the quest to get people to turn toward what you're offering. Right. And really look me why, over. I'm sorry? Hey, look me over. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Turn towards me. Right. right? Let me get your attention here mm-hmm. for a second. Um, and... The really wise um, advertisers nowadays are uh, educators. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. I, I was just on this show, uh, The Wealthy Teacher, with Dr. Victoria Boyd here in, in, in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. um, the the parallels between um, school teachers and modern advertisers, is uh, they're coming together. It's, it's fascinating to me because mm-hmm. ultimately what we want to rank for in our blog content is uh, are the answers to common questions. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. And now they're in the pipeline. Um, because they've visited your website, you can retarget to them mm-hmm. um, because there's some interest there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Facebook, I think, is is getting a little bit – um, I don't know if we've seen its peak because they're really, uh, I shouldn't say there's no alternative because Deb, you and I can chat about LinkedIn in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of folks think, well, I'll just go to Instagram, but Facebook owns Instagram. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a reason the two are linked together. Um, you know, and, and I tell people, you know, we still, we work, you know, it's that old adage. We work with people we know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And so part of how we get to know them and then hopefully like them and trust them is sometimes through social media. You know, we, we see their posts about their kids, their favorite sports team. Um, you know, uh, we see the negative posts. We're not going to go there, but we see those negative posts. And, you know, and so we get to know the people. But I, what I advise the people that I work with is it needs to be a balance. You know, if you're – now, obviously, there's, there are many, many people who use social media strictly for personal. And, you know, and that's obviously, you know, the perfect uh, perfect for them. But if you're if you are trying to use it for business, then you do have to have a combination. You can't be selling stuff all the time. I remember many years ago, uh, and this was back when Facebook really was first starting – I was posting quite a few articles about social media, you know, on, on Facebook. And I had somebody that, oh, she just, she sent me the, na- actually, she, she commented on a post about how she was so tired of my blankety blank social media posts and yeah, 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 yeah. And, and of course, what I did was I hit unfriend, you know, and, and that's, of course, the key is if you don't like what somebody's saying, unfollow them, unfriend them. But you know, we do use it for a variety of things. But if you are using it as part of your your business, as part of your marketing, then you do need to have at least some business in there. But you know, don't get carried away. Now, clearly, if it's you know a business page, 
that's totally different, uh, but still include fun stuff. Um, we're going to talk in a little bit about cause-related marketing, which I think is something that we absolutely must be including in our social media. Um, but, yeah, you know, talk about your employees, talk about your community, all these various things. So it's not just, hey, I have this great product, buy it from me. That's exactly right. I'm reminded of um, Gary Vaynerchuk's Jab, mm-hmm. Jab, Right Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a somewhat ubiquitous, uh, popular marketing message, which um, is another way of describing what you just described, mm-hmm. which is a jab is here's a useful piece of content. Here's mm-hmm. value. Here's something you didn't know. Here's mm-hmm. something funny. Here's something that will motivate you to continue to do what you're doing. Just value, 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 value. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then, right hook, which is, hey, you know, for $9.99, you can buy this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, talking about trolling, that's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of blowing up your, your Facebook page with, mm-hmm. with all these articles. I absolutely did that mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the day. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I have made a ton uh, of mistakes and I have failed uh, consistently over the years. And um, I was actually giving a guest lecture at UNLV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas uh, last week. And I'm, I'm looking out at a sea of you know, it was like 35, 40 UNLV students who are, you know, 19, 20, 21 kind of, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to them, oh, got, got to fail now, guys. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Now is when you fail and you make mm-hmm. mistakes and the, and the risks are low and, you know, start a project now and get out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I was, when I was that age uh, on Twitter, I absolutely, I was just blasting, just constantly blasting nothing but articles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my brother, I don't know, years later was like, oh, yeah, a bunch of people were this and this and that. Apparently they were um, they were hearing about what I was doing uh, or he was hearing about it. Um, and I, I was trolling. There's mm-hmm. just no way around it. I was right. just I was being that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you. But it's so ironically, you know, 10 years later, you know, I've got this successful company that basically does that, but just for businesses. Right. So. You're going to fall down. You're going to skin your knee. Um, you have to embrace that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, social media is the public uh, square and mm-hmm. you can make a, a fool of yourself every now and then. But, you know, it, it, it's just not a situation in which you can play um, play it safe all the time. You, you really got to get out there and, and, and think about your brand as a channel. Mm-hmm. And the worst channel uh, is the static snowflake channel but right uh-huh. <laughs> yeah the the nothing you know and and i have people who tell me that well i'm not going especially with social media i'm not going to go there because it's a waste of time because of the icky people you know because of this that and everything else and you know and i tell them well obviously that's your your prerogative but we uh, we we abhor a vacuum you know and and so if you're not there it, it, it is a negative. Um, you know, I, I uh, work with people on job training and I, you know, usually I'm talking with them about LinkedIn, but it has started to be more and more of a trend for HR people and for recruiters that if they find nothing about you on social media, they see that as a negative, you know, and, and, and which that just baffles me because I, you know, I tell people you have to behave yourselves, especially if you're in the job market. And, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, then maybe I shouldn't be posting on Facebook because I've got these friends who are going to post political posts or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, and, and somebody might not want to see that. So they just don't want to be there at all. But 
I and so I don't know if the recruiters and if the you know the thought process is that having no presence it, you're hiding something or <laughs> you know quite what it is but it, it it really did when I saw that that stat come around to being the fact that it was now a negative when they found nothing and of course you know when when we go for job interviews now that's one of the first things they do is they go to Google and they put your name in um you know and, and they want to see what comes up and and if nothing comes up they really you know it's it's kind of like ooh are they in the witness protection program um <laughs> but you know and same thing with businesses if you don't have a presence and I don't care what you do I mean you know we we recently had our house painted and our house painter had a website wasn't real complicated, wasn't, you know, it was basically, you know, here's what we do, here's how to reach us. If we hadn't found anything, my, I would have probably thought I don't want to deal with them because I'm not sure it's a real business. And therefore, if something happens, there won't be anybody that I can go back to a year, two years, five years down the road to say, hey, this needs fixed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so you had mentioned abhor a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that phrasing. The word abhor a vacuum. It's it's absolutely true. Um, it's funny. My wife, Lanasia, the amazing Lanasia Kautzman, uh, is um, a video game engineer recruiter. Wow. Um, she sometimes does art director and stuff like that. But uh-huh. um, some of uh, these major, I mean, just gigantic companies. There's mm-hmm. so much money in video games now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's looking for these guys and gals uh, on LinkedIn, basically mm-hmm. all the time, and they're getting hit up all the time by recruiters. And and it's absolutely true. Uh, you've got to have um, a profile online uh, to get a job. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, sketchy. and it's, it's funny so. because you would think of LinkedIn as being much more buttoned up and conservative, and video gaming doesn't match that. You know, at least in my brain, it doesn't. Oh, sure. And right. you know, and right. and so. To me, hello, if you are out there and you're listening and you're somebody who fits that market, you better be on LinkedIn, you know, because it, it could be that, that many of your peers aren't. So, you know, be there, have that presence. Oh, yeah. I mean, her entire uh, income is based on LinkedIn. It's wow. LinkedIn or, or bus. In, incredible. Um, I'm reminded as I listen to you um, about my brother who was adamant um about not having a Facebook page. He just mm-hmm. had a lot of, uh, uh, let's call them strong feelings about mm-hmm. Facebook. And um, he was, uh, but he created a Facebook profile as the Hoover Dam. <laughs> and so there's a picture of the Hoover Dam and he mm-hmm. was just around being the Hoover Dam, which is mm-hmm. just silly. Um, and then he eventually broke. And I thought that was so, well, broke might be a little harsh uh, word to use, but he has this Facebook he page. He gave in. He gave in. He just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got, family and it's how folks are you know chatting with each other and so he did he eventually gave in and then talking about um online uh presence uh absolutely obviously gotta have a website no question mm-hmm. about that um but then when we look at uh reviews um the democratization of um you know the collective judgment <laughs> that we can all administer mm-hmm. on a company through something as simple as google reviews um is a paramount right. importance and so, you know, have folks knowing that they can turn around and one star you, you know, if uh, if they're not happy with what you're doing, um, gives them a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, so important uh, to be set up on and everything. I did not know this. I don't know if you knew this, Deb. Did you know that uh, anyone can set up a Yelp profile for anything? No. Yep. So I in learned. other words, if you haven't gone and claimed your own business, somebody else could? Yeah, yeah, they can just set oh, one up and, mm-hmm. and 
my understanding is that they, they cannot be taken down. They, there's, there's, it's like lawyers have to get involved to shut right. down. Danielle. But you, and, and, you know, you have to basically, like you said, the lawyers have to get involved and show that that person is not the legal entity and you are. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you definitely want to grab all of your online assets, mm-hmm. um, as soon as possible. Um, so I did, I did want to mention this story to you kind of while we're in the, the periphery of the LinkedIn conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down with, uh, this gentleman. His name is Jim Rossi. Mm-hmm. He's the author of a book that's coming out shortly, uh, Clean Tech Con Artist, which is a narrative nonfiction book. Um, fascinating premise uh, about this gentleman who was a con artist and Jim got involved with them and they both like they knew that he was a con man, but he couldn't do anything. They, they informed the FBI and there was like this kind of like dance back and forth of like trying to catch this guy. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, true story. And anyway, Jim Rossi has um, now 300,000 LinkedIn followers. Um, he is uh, a prolific writer, a historian, and he, um, writes uh i don't want to say it's inflammatory content but it's it's very interesting content and i learned a lot about linkedin through him because he actually knows some of the folks uh that are higher up there oh okay linkedin does not indemnify their writers um which is different from a standard publication meaning if i write for um the wall street journal and i say something just uh crazy Mm -hmm. um they can get sued for libel Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal would have to deal with that. Right. Now, LinkedIn, if someone comes in and they write something crazy and they're sued for libel, it's on the author. Mm. And so LinkedIn, as part of their um, just built-in incentive, because they don't indemnify the writer, is open to whatever. Right. And so it's a fundamental change in the attitude of what they're willing to promote. Mm-hmm. And so Jim's writing a lot about free speech, um, what's going on at UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually have finally uh, solidified a show that we're going to launch on LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, called Listen Over Lunch, mm-hmm. uh, a show for bright professionals. We do some book reviews. We're going to um, I'll do a little marketing rant. Um, and it's a little 30 minute show intended to be listened over lunch for business professionals. Ooh. And so. You know, leveraging his 300,000 LinkedIn followers, mm-hmm. we're hoping to be, um, I don't want to say pioneers because LinkedIn obviously has been around for a while, but to leverage um, what you had mentioned earlier, which is this kind of fatigue, mm-hmm. this Facebook fatigue. Right. Um, and really to get the business content on the business platform mm-hmm. instead of trying to mold Facebook into something it's not. Right. You know, and, and I think Facebook tried to mold itself into something it's not, you know, it, and, and, and it, you know, and granted, they've got the money. They've certainly got the, you know, the, the number of people who have participated, you know, signed up, all those various things. But I think there is that fatigue for whatever reason, you know, and it's funny. There are probably at least once a week, one of the people that I am connected to, you know, and, and obviously it's a different person every time will say, I'm done. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of it. And, you know, and whether it's that they're tired or seeing the political posts or which, you know, is, is typically it. Of course, now there's a lot of social issues that are, are going on and, and people are so very polarized. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and of course, you know, they really aren't. I mean, most people are kind of in the middle, but we get the extreme views, you know, on, on one side or the other. And, and people are just tired of that. They, they don't want to see it. 
So I'm seeing people transition, as you said, back to LinkedIn because they want those business conversations. You know, I want to be able to talk about my business and not have it compete with, you know, what's what's going on in the world politically. And, you know, I'm, I am friends with a lot of people that show dogs. So, you know, I, that's great. I love that. But that doesn't need that's not business either. You know, and, and so I think people are getting back to LinkedIn more and more. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, the polarization of Facebook and obviously the Cambridge Analytica and everything that's been going on mm-hmm. um, recently has, has shown a light on the the dark side. And, and, and you can't you can't please everybody. Right. And there's there's this bubble effect that is really something we're going to have to kind of as a uh, species uh, figure out, you know, mm-hmm. how do we um, in a globalized society um, find objective things that bring us together. For example, you know, if, if you and I meet Deb and we're sitting and having coffee, we're not going to have a conversation like a Facebook conversation. Right. You know, I mean, they're just offensive. You know, one yeah, of us is going to dump coffee on the other one. It's just awful. You know, so I actually personally, and I know this is a uh, blasphemy to say, uh, because I own uh, send it rising internet marketing, but uh, I don't use Facebook. I don't, I don't check it. My personal Facebook, I just don't, it's been a long time, you know, that, that I've actually used it. I'll post it for narcissistic, egotistical, self-centered right. things, you know, for hey, this video I did on, you know, it's all, mm-hmm. I'm using it just like I should be using LinkedIn. Um, and uh, so I, I'm contributing to the problem in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I think, uh, and this might be a good transition to get into the cost marketing bit. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, which is, okay, look, if we're, if we're resigning ourselves to the fact that, you know, we have an appropriate amount of self-interest required to make ends meet and to feed our kids and to have a roof over our head, if that's just part of the, the world we live in, mm-hmm. then how do we reach folks in a way that simultaneously, uh, is, uh, heartwarming, mm-hmm. um, can move folks to tears? Um, make the world a better place right. and, you know, get us checks in the mail. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. And of course, the answer is that it's very hard. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, we, we mentioned cause marketing and we're going to describe that a little bit more, but it was funny. I had a conversation with someone just the other night that, that neither of us watched the news because mm-hmm. it's always so negative. Now I'm an, I'm an old PR person, you know, and, and we were always told if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. And so they want the sensational. They want all of those things. But we don't turn to the news anymore to hear about what's happening, um, about the good stuff. You know, if it's there, it's tiny. It's, you know, a 30 second thing. And I say that having a background in doing public relations for the American Cancer Society. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, we were doing good sometimes to get a minute. I mean, if we got a minute, we were like, Oh, yay. yay you know, um, but you know, and, and, but it exists and, and, and I think we are craving that feel good type of, of thing. And that's where I think really cause related marketing is having an upswing, having a resurgence because companies have always had, you know, many companies have always thought philanthropic, you know, and, and donated and, and done things like that. But I think now they are finally figuring out more and more that it is, it's a good business practice. Let's just be blunt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can make a difference in a positive way. So tell us what your definition is first of cause-related marketing. So it, it would be best described in an anecdote. Okay. Uh, so uh, 
friend of mine, Don Jersey, um, reaches out. This is back when I had no idea who he was, called us up at Advised Media Group and said that, you know, this company he was working for, Greenspun Media Group, was was would like some SEO consultation. Mm-hmm. So I swing by and I meet in this small little conference room with him and his um, a colleague of his. And we have this nice little SEO conversation. And he says, well, why don't you come back and I'll in- introduce you to some other folks. OK, great. Mm-hmm. Come back, hop up the elevator. And now I'm in the real conference room. Mm-hmm. Huge table, like 20 leather chairs on either side of the conference table and a panoramic, a gorgeous view of Mm -hmm. the Las Vegas strip. We are talking cash on top of your piles of cash. Right. Uh And here's the upper brass of Greenspun media group poker face, nothing, no Mm -hmm. jokes, no nothing. They're like, what, you know, how can we help you son? And, uh, I go through my little spiel. Okay, great. Uh, reach out to Don later, you know, that's where Don and I um, established our relationship. Fast forward uh, three years from then, and uh, Don's email address has changed. It's not Don at Greenspun Media Group. It's Don at Recovery High School. Ah. And so I give Don uh, you know, a call, mm-hmm. and at the end of the call, I'm crying, mm-hmm. and I'm a man. I'm a man who cries, Deb. I was crying, mm-hmm. and uh, he's crying, mm-hmm. and we were talking about this incredible uh, thing he had done over the last few years. Um, you see, his daughter was involved um, with, uh, I'll put it to you this way. He's at Greenspun Media Group, and he learns that a young girl was involved with like an altercation with a pimp, and there was uh, gunshots fired. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that his daughter was addicted to heroin, oh. and uh, that she was part of this altercation. And he mm-hmm. learned about it as a news guy. Oh. In in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so he, alongside some of the big wigs, uh, government officials, created the first ever completely publicly funded drug addiction recovery high school in the United States. And it's called Mission High School. It's here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I said to Don, I, I got to I got to swing by. Mm-hmm. Right? I brought my cameras. So Don is uh, meets me at Mission High School and I meet Principal Collins. Mm-hmm. Um Amazing woman. She's not taken any grief from anybody. Right. Uh-huh. You know, like, all right, let's go. And um, uh, she ends up touring me around Mission High School. And uh, instead of us creating a video, let's say like two months from now, or let's have a meeting about what we're going to talk about and have a meeting to talk about what that'll be about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said, hey, Principal Collins, uh, can I interview some kids today? Mm-hmm. And she said, sure. So she radios down to some some kids and we end up doing um, like a 10 minute feature, um, like mini documentary almost wow. about mm-hmm. Mission High School. First girl who walks in um, and this is all you can go to Send It Rising uh, on YouTube. Just punch in Send It Rising. Look for mm-hmm. the mission interviews. I'm, I'm looking at it right here in front of me. Oh, you're checking it out? Okay. It's actually on your website. So but but yeah. So mm-hmm. there we go. Send it rising dot com. Um, anyway, first uh, first interviews. Uh, a young girl, a sophomore, I want to say, 16 years old, tells me the story about how her um, mother's fiancé was drunk and committed suicide. And she walked in uh, mm-hmm. on him mm-hmm. and realized that if she continued down her drug habits that um, and died, that her mom probably wouldn't survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that she needed to make a fundamental change in her behavior. Um, and that in that first interview, I was like, oh, OK, I guess I'm going to be here all day long. Right. And, and you're I, needing a lot of Kleenex. 
this is amazing, this stuff. Mm-hmm. Final interview, uh, Principal Collins is crying, cries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm capturing this moment going, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. what is happening? This is exactly what I want to be doing with my life, mm-hmm. um, just in the zone. Now, uh, when my mom passed away, she had taught for to over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in the, the last classroom she had taught in. And I picked up this piece of art that says I'm still learning mm-hmm. on it, which I thought was really beautiful uh, because she was showing her students that like, look, I'm, you know, I don't know everything. I'm still mm-hmm. learning. I'll mm-hmm. still learn. Just, just really encapsulates my mom uh, in a piece of art. So I grabbed my camera, um, get invited back to mission high school. And I give a speech in front of the entire school, uh, I debut the video, that 10 minute video, mm-hmm. and then I subsequently give Principal Collins this, the most meaningful physical object I have on planet Aww. Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she cries again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this big, amazing moment. Um, all caught on film, all on Sender Rising, uh, YouTube channel. Um, that to me, that, that is cause marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, time I mentioned send it rising is, is like at the start of the video. And at the very end, there's like a little branding, whatever. But mm-hmm. if you care at all and you're moved by it and you like it, you'll realize that it's a send it rising um, production and you'll, you'll take the next logical step. And it is by far the best performing social media post we've had. Right. You know, and it, it plays into so many things. The first was, you know, it, it, you were able to use it as part of your business tool, which is why businesses do this. But it made you feel something and then it made the people who watched it feel something, you know, and, and I think that's what really ties into this. So it's not just that you wrote a check or you donated, you know, your spare computer or, you know, whatever it it had a personal attachment. Um, you know, when, when I worked for ING, the big financial company, it is, it's now uh, under a different name, but, I was in charge of their philanthropic efforts in Denver and mm-hmm. by far the most popular and we had money. I mean, we could, we, my budget was almost a million dollars for our philanthropic oh, stuff. Death. Oh yeah. You know, and, and so we, and so we were able to do a lot with it, but one of the absolute most popular programs. So it's a financial company. So you've got all of these little mathematicians who work there. <laughs> they went and tutored eighth grade math students. I love it. And, you know, and, and it was known that, you know, whatever, I think it was like Wednesday afternoons, we did that. You did not schedule meetings. You did, that was a priority at that company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we knew people who, they stayed in touch with those kids, you know, and, and they made connections. Others just went and tutored and, you know, that was fine and that was great. But, you know, some of them really did make a difference in some of those kids' lives. And then in turn, you know, the, their lives were enhanced by it. And, you know, and it, and it was just such a beautiful project and very easy. I mean, you know, it really was something where it was two hours every other week or so, you know, that, that some, and, but, you know, you were losing their work time mm-hmm. and, you know, but, People just absolutely loved it. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, and, and some companies really can't do more than just write the check, donate the computer. And that's great. You know, we, we want them to go ahead and do that. But the more you can get involved 
and get your employees. And I don't, you know, you might be the one person shop. You know, you can still go and volunteer and and do these things. And maybe we do need it more in this day and age of you know all this the horrible stuff that we see. We need to go feel good, you know, and, and, you know, one of my favorite programs around here that I'm too old to participate in, but that's okay. That's because I'm out of elementary school. Um, <laughs> the, the place where we got our cats, you know, it's a, it's a, a cat shelter called Good Muse. Aunt Muse, like with an M, C, Mew, aha. Anyhow, um, oh, <laughs> they, they have elementary kids who come in and read to the cats. Oh, which God. sounds like just kind of a silly program. Sure but does. I'm fascinated by it because you're socializing the cats. And so these are cats that, you know, have been through whatever, you know, these poor little cats have been through. Oh, sure. And, you know, and it's helping these kids because they're practicing their reading. You know, they're doing all of these various things. And I just thought, I think that is, is one of the coolest programs. Like I said, you know, I'm, since I'm not in elementary school, I can't go do it, but you know, look for ways in your community. How can you get involved? Um, you know, and, 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 and then folks, it is okay to brag about that. You know, it's, it, it, you know, we've, we've talked about self-serving. It's okay, but do it in a way that you're focusing it on the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, not just look at me. Here's what I went and did. It's, oh my gosh, I got to go learn about Mission High School. Let me tell you about some of their students. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's where that ties in is, you know, that's how you do good cause related marketing. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I, I wrote down a couple of things. Um, so losing work time um, as a business owner with uh, payroll and payroll taxes and all of the other fun stuff that comes with all that, um, it, it's definitely something you got to consider. But simultaneously, uh, morale right. is a oh, turnover. A huge oh, my thing. Mm-hmm. goodness. Oh, mm-hmm. turnover. So turnover, um, for my business owners listening, uh, you know. I mean, take the knife out of your back, you know, and, and give it, it's just, it's so painful. Um, and so you, you got to keep a, keep an eye on that. And, you know, if you can prioritize, um, you know, morale boosting activities that don't involve alcohol, you know, right. let's go bowling and get some, you know what I mean? Like, let's go do something that is scientifically proven to increase happiness and let's, you know, uh, habituate it. Um, ING, uh, you've mentioned and, uh, the mathematicians, as you put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, how would we put it? The correlation. Right. Between the skill set of the mathematicians and the subsequent tutoring. That's brilliant to me. Mm-hmm. And then here's, here's, here's the trick though. You have to film it. Mm-hmm. You have to take pictures of it. You have to document mm-hmm. it. And so when it comes to, you know, going out there and doing that, it, Unfortunately, as it stands today, um, you have to look at it as a marketing initiative. Right. You know, we're going out. The, the reason we can justify this expense is because we are going to be receiving photos from you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Guys, gals, we need, you know, like at least five photos. Mm-hmm. Share them to this email address. We're going to put them in a Google Drive doc and we're going to give them to the social media team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be able to use this. They're going to be unique photos. It's going to be amazing. But, you know, you got to still kind of be a boss and a manager. Right. Go, look, this is the media I want from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the event that you are ever so inclined to uh, share this on your personal uh, social media, we would appreciate that. But, mm-hmm. of course, it's not mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to find something that everyone would want 
to share on their personal uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Facebook, et cetera. Right. You know, and, and there are considerations that you have to make sure that you're doing, you know, um, especially if, if say, you're working. There are certain populations. Um, you know, Mission High School would be a great example of that. Not every student who is there might want the world to know that they're there. Oh, heavens, right. You know, and, and um, or homeless shelters, places like that. So then I, I tell people, you just have to get arty with the, the pictures. So, you know, you show hands, you show people from the back, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these various things. So it's not that you can't do it, but you know, obviously make sure that you have permission. I mean, that's, that is, is absolutely critical, oh. but um, you know, there are ways to still be able to do this without, um, you know, saying, you know, giving details away that the people would, would much prefer to, to keep private. That's exactly right. And, and you'll recall I, I prefaced this conversation by saying it's very hard mm-hmm. <laughs> because anything worth doing is hard. And right. that's where you earn respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like standing in front of a room of 100 business owners is hard. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your heart's going to beat. You're going to sweat. Talking to the camera, you know, and, and permanently recording these things is hard. Mm-hmm. Cost marketing is difficult. It's 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 getting the um what I might refer to as anti fragility mm-hmm. uh, established. Um, there's this book by Nicholas Taleb, Anti Fragile, that describes uh, the following. Uh, there are things that are fragile. We all know what that means. There's robustness, which means it's durable, like a bowling ball is robust. And then there's the concept of anti fragility, which is something that when you shake it up, when you throw it against the wall, it comes back stronger. Mm. Think of a phoenix, you know, mm-hmm. rising. The right. Mm-hmm. And so our marketing and our companies should be anti-fragile. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you push us over, if you put it, put us in difficult positions uh, like the cause marketing positions, uh, we rise to mm-hmm. those. Occasions. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, keep that attitude when you're going out there and doing this stuff. Um, as an example, with Mission High School, you want to talk about complicated releases. Oh, oh, yeah. Smokers, we mm-hmm. went back. And forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. They went up and down the chain of Clark County School District. But so what? <laughs> it was worth it. Worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. And there were probably some that you couldn't get permission from, you know, for yeah. a variety of reasons. That's okay. Um, you know, you you just you you go on from there. You know, and, and and you know, let's be honest, folks. This is we're doing this to promote our companies. You know, we mentioned that. And kind of building that goodwill with our community, with, you know, with the people who know what's going on. Um, you know, when I worked for ING, one of the years where I had to do the annual report for one of their big business units, you know, annual reports are just as boring as can be, right? You know, right. We made this much money. Man, you, man, you, man, you, man. And so <laughs> I went to my CEO, who was the person who said, we have this big philanthropic budget. Um, you know, so it was very, very important to him. And, and his wife actually founded a group there of executive wives. You know, it was, it was very much your typical company where all the C-level were, were men. And so their wives were part of this and they had a budget and they did things in the community. It was, it was very cool. cool. But we did the annual report based on the philanthropic efforts. Now, of course, we still had this is how much money we made and yen, 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 because you have to. I mean, legally, you have to in an annual report. But it was we got people who thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And then we got a lot of pushback. We got and the pushback we got came from the higher ups, 
this is not a good business tool. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we said, no, you know, and, and we had pictures that we had pictures of the, the kids at the schools. We had, you know, and again, we had the releases, all those various things. Um, yeah. you know, and, it was, I, I absolutely loved doing that annual report. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, we, and, but the, the CEO said part of the reason why phil, uh, philanthropy, philanthropy was so important was the people we were helping were either people who we could serve, you know, they could be our customers mm-hmm. or they could be our employees at some point. Oh, and absolutely. so we were building up the goodwill with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that was just that he, he did see it as a marketing tool. And that was, it was so much fun to work there. Um, you know, and, and, and folks, it really, it, it is something that is so simple that you can add. And maybe it's that you volunteer for business associations. Um, we, those, those are very popular in Atlanta. We have lots of business associations. And so you can help out there. Um, Habitat for Humanity, you know, all these various things, soup kitchens, whatever it is. But, if there's a way to tie it into your business, you know, that's even better. You know, like, like having the, the math people go teach the math students, you know, that's, that's even better, but it's not a necessity. You know, if mm-hmm. it just needs to be a passion and it needs to be something that's important to you. Yeah, that's exactly right. We refer to it as a confluence of interests. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, if you're not excited about it, you're not stoked about it, you know, there's only so much gas in the tank. Right. Um, so yes, it makes sense to find a nonprofit, uh, with, uh, synergy with what mm-hmm. you do. I get that. Um, but don't, don't let it stop you from doing something that you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, look at the companies that actually start their own nonprofits. You know, they've got a, a, a division in their own company. You know, that's absolutely perfect. I love it when things like that happen. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Well, holy schmoly, Kellen, we've only got just a couple minutes left. <laughs> we didn't get to talk about your book at all. So quick, fast, tell us about your book. Okay. Uh, Everybody's Doing It, Advertising Redefined, uh, is uh, or was the number one new release on Amazon.com in the SEO category. Mm-hmm. Um, the best compliment I received about it um, was someone I, I no idea who this person was, but they tweeted that they're on chapter six and the tears are real. Mm. Um, this is not your standard manual on how to implement metadata. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, uh, my soul on display. Um, and then uh, intertwined with that are all the things you're going to need to know for 2018 internet marketing. So uh, do me a favor, check that out on amazon.com. If you want, there's an audiobook as well. Perfect. Um, Send it rising. Internet marketing uh, is the company I own. SEO, pay-per-click, social media solutions. Uh, we manage two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month in pay-per-click, and I'd love to chat with uh, you about any particular issues you may be having with your internet marketing. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, you uh, heard about Mission High School today. If you w- want to get involved or interested in that, check us out on YouTube by simply typing in "Send It Rising." Perfect, perfect. I love it. You know, and it's funny, we didn't even talk about pay-per-click and, you know, advertising and, and all of those various things, which just, that just means we have to have you on again. I love it when I have repeat guests. I had somebody on recently who was on for the third time, yeah. um, you know, and, and obviously there's so many people out there that I could talk to, but I like it when I get to have my guests on again because we develop that synergy and, and we have so much fun. And I really have been having a great time talking with you um, about cause-related marketing, about SEO, all those various things. So anything you want to leave us with? Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can do so directly at Kellen, Kellen 
K-E-L-L-E-N at senditrising.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-N at S-E-N-D-I-T-R-I-S-I-N-G dot com. Perfect, perfect. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with Kellen Kautzman. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.